When I was young, my mama had me 17 years old, kicking out on the streets. But back at the time, I never thought I'd see a face. Ain't a woman alive that could take my mama's place. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Hood Healing. I am Lydia with a Y. I'm Lydia with the I. <laughs> and we are here today to talk about all things mama. That's right. <laughs> um, and I feel like I'm having, I need to put my microphone closer to me. Um, and so we're going to talk about motherhood we're going to talk about the journey to motherhood for you and we're just going to talk about what healing has taught us about how to mother um my you know how i what i'm learning for myself and also um what we're each going to learn what what you're learning to prepare for your your journey of motherhood that's correct <laughs> learning little by little so we survived motherhood. Um, I mean, Mother's Day. <laughs> Mother's Day. We survived Mother's Day. And I feel like it, it's always like a can be a very triggering holiday, especially for the folks that maybe don't have the best relationship with their moms, um, which I feel like mine's always a work in progress. And um, I think that you know, knowing that I, I always had thought about what, well, what kind of mom would I be? What lessons have I learned from the mothering that I received? And, um, you know, just like, what are, what are some of the ways that I needed to heal in order to be the mom that I wanted to be? To, well, the mom that my child needed, because I feel like we can have our own ideas as to like how we want how we imagine a mom should be, but it may not be what our child needs. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, um, one of the, I think things that is a unique experience is your experience with IVF. Yeah. And I think that we wanted to share that because by you sharing that experience, it's going to help normalize that for everybody else who's going through that experience or who's, you know, trying to, to, um, get pregnant, maybe struggling with infertility or fertility concerns. So, um, yeah, so take it away, <laughs> take it away. Uh, so, uh, we've been doing this for about six years. Uh, we tried IUI. We did IUI first, uh, which, which is I IUI is it's like insemination. Yeah. So IUI is you get the I believe it's you get the sperm right away. Like you get the sperm and then you insert into the person, right? The girl. And then um IVF is uh is a little different. So it's already um it's already an embryo and then it's transferred, right? Uh so we did IUI. Uh, I tried it. It was not successful. Uh, Susie tried it and it was a successful pregnancy, but unfortunately, um, she ended up having a, a miscarriage. And then, um, we started looking for other doctors. Like I said, we've tried six different doctors. We've, we've went to TJ, uh, a doctor out there was recommended for us. Um, we met with him and, we were kind of for, but at the same time, we weren't because of the information that he was giving us. 
So we decided just to come back. Because even if we did do TJ, it was going to be back and forth, back and forth. And it was just going to be too much, right? So we ended up staying out here. Um, we tried other doctors. The last doctor that we had tried before this new one, um, it was maybe she had three transfers. I had two. And they were all not successful. So um, we decided to, or Susie actually reached out to a friend of of a friend um, on social media. And she asked her, you know, um, our friends follow you ladies. And we just wanted to know a little bit about, you know, the doctor that you're going to, do you recommend him? And she was like, I love my doctor. She was like, I would definitely recommend him. So we ended up trying him out. We're with that doctor now, totally different. Like everything is so much different with this new doctor. We love the people at the office. People in the office are super, super chill, super nice. Um, it's called the Reproductive Fertility Center. And um, if, for those of you that are trying and ha have not been successful, and I'm talking about not just lesbians out there, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm talking straight couples too, because I have a few friends who I talk to and, you know, they tell me how they have uh, fertility issues. And a lot, of the, a lot of the times they feel like giving up you know what I mean? And to me, it's like, I feel like you have to keep your options open. You know, that's what we did. We tried five different doctors and the sixth one, we finally, um, we really liked, he tried a, a lot of different things, new medication. Uh, we've been doing acupuncture with that doctor, which is something really cool. And it was a pretty interesting experience. I've never done acupuncture before. I was scared as fuck, but <laughs> I ended up doing it. And it's funny because my first visit, because it's a few sessions, um, the lady was like, how are you scared if you're full of tattoos? And I was like, well, because the needle, when you're tattooing is going, this needle is fucking going into your skin. And she's like, it's it's not as bad as you think. And it w really wasn't. It was pretty cool, actually. Very relaxing. So um, we're with this new doctor. Um, he's doing things differently, being very thorough. Um, I felt like the last doctor we had, um was rushing everything you know what i mean and this guy like we've been waiting and you know not this period no wait for the next one wait for the next one you know what i mean so super 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 good doctor so for all my friends out there who have felt like it's not gonna happen for me like you have to try this guy if you know if if that's what you want as a baby you got to try this guy he's yeah. really good well i i feel like he has really taken his time with you guys um and i i really appreciate that you guys are like able to have someone who's like going through each and every step with you explaining like what your options are because I think there's so much mystery around like well why are you doing this I feel like you know especially for women and when it comes to our bodies like I feel like sometimes doctors just rush you through like telling you what decision to make and I feel like this doctor has been really like good about that I mean just from what you've shared with your experience um I think it sounds like it's much more positive yeah. and uh I mean, for those of you that are wanting to try um, IVF or IUI, I mean, it, it's it's one hell of a roller coaster. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of tears. There's a lot of stress. Um, you know, every transfer that you go through, um, it's like you're praying that 
your next doctor visit is a positive result. You know what I mean? And it's, it's not like that, but there was a lot of times trust that um, we, Susie would do like, you know, maybe this is it. Like, this is the last transfer we're trying. Like maybe, you know, we're, we're putting our lives on hold and, and it's not happening for us, you know, and it's, that's where you, you, you know, come in and be there for your partner. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would always tell her like, you know, just wait, you know, you got to have hope. You got to have, you know, faith that it's going to happen for us. You know, um, I have faith that it's going to happen for us. You know what I'm saying? Like I pray on it all the time. We both do. And, um, but just if, if you're going to try it, just know that it's, it's stressful. It's very, very stressful. And it sucks because you, you guys have been there uh, when we've had our transfers and it, it sucks because you're literally on bed rest for, what is it like three, four days and it's, you're doing everything you were told to do. You know, you're eating everything they're telling you to eat, you know, a lot of water and whatnot. And then when you finally go to the doctor, it's, 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 it's hurtful. You know, it's hurtful to hear him say like, no. you know, the baby didn't catch, you know what I mean? And it's like, you go into this appointment being hopeful, you know, your heart's fucking beating 1000 miles per hour. You know what I'm saying? Like you're excited, but you're scared. And then boom, uh, it it didn't catch, but don't worry. We, we got to keep trying. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's, you have to have, uh, like what, like thick skin, like you have to be able to handle this. You know what I'm saying? Because I would see her go through her transfers and to see the, the disappointment in her eyes would kill me. You know what I'm saying? Like, which is why I never saw myself ever wanting to get pregnant. I never saw myself wanting to have like carrying the kid, you know what I'm saying? But I love her so much. And I want us to have a family that I told myself, like, you got to step it up. Like now it's your turn, you know, which is what we're doing now. I'm going next. And um, it now I feel what she what she was feeling when we had um, unsuccessful transfers. You know what I mean? Because I would come home and I would feel like a disappointment. Like I would even cry and I would tell her, like, I feel like I, I failed us, you know, and, and, and she would tell me, like, no, no, no. Like, you didn't fail us. Like, we just try again. Like, you tell me we got to keep trying. We got to keep trying. So. I'm really hoping that this new doctor, something in my heart tells me like from the beginning, since we started going to this guy, something in my heart tells me that this is going to work for us. You know what I mean? So it's just a matter of time till we wait and see um, when our transfer is going to be. And then when it, when it happens, we're going to share it with you guys, but to all the friends out there, family that, cause I have two best friends that I know have fertility issues and they always tell me that they, they just kind of feel like there's no hope, but there's hope. You you know what I'm saying? Like you have to try your, you have to open up to different options, different doctors. You know what I'm saying? So if you want that information and that goes to any, anybody, uh, you guys can message me on um our pod, our, uh, our Instagram, Instagram, and I can give you guys that information, but it is reproductive fertility center. So, yeah. Well, I, I feel like I have been so invested your journey like when we you know obviously you know we knew you would always tell us like hey you know what we're gonna do a transfer so we'd you know just be there um you know praying that it happened I was like Lord Jesus if you give these people a baby then I will not pray for Beyonce tickets <laughs> uh so I didn't get tickets so y'all better get a baby soon enough but um you know but I do think like 
when that time comes, I am going to be a mess because I'll be so happy for you guys. But, you know, I think people don't realize the emotional toll that this kind of stuff takes. Like when we would get the text, like you were like, okay, we're going to go to the doctors. And like, this is like, you know, your, your chant, like one of the transfers, I was so convinced that you were pregnant because you were like, saying, oh, I feel this, I feel that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I remember when I was pregnant and then when it didn't happen, like I, sorry. I'm just trying to get you to cry. I already sounded Um, I, I felt so sad for you guys. Like I felt so incredibly like heartbroken. I think because, I mean, like I understand that level of disappointment because like it took me forever to get pregnant, but you know, I just felt like you guys want to have a child. And I think it's hard not to go to this place when you're not successful where you see, I'm like, why is everyone in their grandma getting pregnant over here? And sometimes, you know, like I remember when I got pregnant, I knew people that were getting pregnant that were in these circumstances that I was like, y'all are not ready for this baby. And we are here ready for a baby. And then, you know, I had to get out of that like scarcity mindset of, you know, there's plenty of babies to go go around. I think one of the things about, um, you know, healing is also to tell, tell yourself you deserve this. Like you, you guys deserve this. And I think sometimes when things don't work out for us, we tend to go to this place like, well, I must have did something wrong. Like I must have not did something. I remember when I was pregnant with my own child and we found out like that he had special needs, like, you know, dwarfism. I remember saying like, I know I didn't take my calcium pills, you know, so many days. So I'm sure it's my fault. And it's like, you can't let yourself go to those places where you're putting the blame on your, your body or yourself because things haven't worked out the way that you wish that they would have. And, um, but I know it will work out for you guys. I'm really excited to, um, to, you know, have a baby around and, um, see you see you both as mothers. Cause I think you're going to be incredible loving moms. And I think you're on this healing journey and the fact that you're doing this because you, you love this, you know, maybe whenever it comes, like you want to do better for your child. And I just think that's like such an amazing thing to be a witness to. Yeah. You know, what sucks too is, um, it, it sucks to hear people like um ask you like constantly like you have the people who genuinely care and ask you like you know like oh how's the baby process going you know what i'm saying like for example like rosa and um you know like uh Didi or like you know um susana you know what i'm saying like you constantly hear these people asking you like being genuine like how's the baby process going like don't worry it's gonna happen it's gonna happen and then you have those fucking malicious people who are like well how's the baby process going like just so people know like we're not in competition with anyone you know what i'm saying like we're not in competition with anyone like do we feel it's gonna happen at least me and my heart i feel it's gonna happen for us you know what i'm saying but sometimes you got to take a step back and think that some people don't like to hear it you know what i'm saying like 
it's like going to a straight person and telling them like, oh, well, when are you going to have a baby? Like, you don't even know whether they have fertility issues or not or problems. You know what I'm saying? Like, ain't none of your business, Vanessa Lachey. <laughs> Who the fuck that is, but okay. <laughs> from, from Love is Blind, she was asking like all the contestants like, oh, so when are you going to have a baby? And I would have been like, bitch, it is not your business. Ain't nobody needs to know what's going on in my uterus. Okay. If you don't know about my cycle, bye-bye. Or when you have those people like, ask you, well, why don't you adopt? Why don't you give me the money for it? You know what I'm saying? And just a heads up, people, like if your insurance does not cover fertility, it is very pricey, but I see it as in like, what else are you going to be spending that money on? You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it'll it'll be worth it, you know? And that's something that we both sat down and talked about, you know what I'm saying? Because we share money, you know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like, okay, so do we continue? Do we stop? And, you know, like I said, there was some days where I felt like, you know, in my heart, I felt like maybe we should stop, you know, maybe we should take a break because we did take a long break. You know what I'm saying? But we're starting over again, but it's a decision that you and your partner must make together, you know? And I think that every visit that we make is worth it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if you don't have, if your insurance, excuse me, doesn't cover it, it's going to be pricey for sure. Get a job at Starbucks. Cause I, from what I understand, they pay for it. I fly, but they didn't call me bastards. You know what? Starbucks is canceled. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I I think that it just will make you appreciate having this child. Like, I think about our parents, you know, and many of us out there, especially if you have Catholic Mexican families, you you may not have been planned. I mean, I was not a planned pregnancy. That's for sure. Um, but you know, I think about the fact that like, you know, we waited until we were financially stable. We waited to make sure that we were ready for a child. The truth of the matter is, is like, that's all great and dandy, but I think there should have been a lot more healing that should have been done because I know that there are ways that I should have handled my parenting better Um, but it was just all of these like wounds that hadn't healed that were coming out in my, you know, most challenging moments as a parent. Cause let me tell you something, there are certain stages in child's life. The first month is hell. Cause you're like, my body is jacked. This baby is crying. I don't know what to do. I'm getting to know them. I think one of the myths is like those fucking movies. Stop making movies and commercials where people hold the baby and they're like, I love this. I literally was like, who is this? What is this? What's going on here? And I mean, yeah, you wait for this child. You're like just having this experience, but you're also getting to know this child because they're their own person too. And I just remember like that first month, your hormones are all going wacky. (laughs) You're like, ah, like pregnancy hormones. Like you kind of have this, like in the beginning where your body's going wonky and you kind of like turn, you know, all kind of a little psychotic. Well, at the, then you turn into like, when you have the baby, like have this, like, you know, so you really have to take care of yourself mentally and physically. And then you know, your child starts developing and every time you think you have it down, you're like, surprise, we're going to do something else new. Um, and, and you just have to learn how to roll with those punches. And if you're not like healing that trauma and then everything's going to trigger you. So, you know, it's like, 
I think one of the things that I learned was our parents may not have had that luxury because they may have still been in these like cycles of trauma, like poverty and racism and all this other stuff. So I feel like, which which we're in some of those traumatic cycles, but, you know, like thinking about all of those things, you know, and thinking about your own childhood, you know, what are, I think some of the lessons that you've learned that you're like, I'm going to be super intentional about like not doing this with my own family and my own child. Like, what are some of those things? I would say, um, I'm going to make sure that my kid doesn't, um, feel like an outsider. You know what I'm saying? Like, so mean, I'm not going to bring my child around people who are not okay with me that are not okay with my wife. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to be good with my wife and myself before you can come around my child. You know what I'm saying? And, um, I feel like when we were small, like we got yelled at a lot, you know what I'm saying? That's something that I will do for sure. Like, or yell at, you know, my child in front of the friends and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like that, I won't do like, I'll yell at my dog. Wait, time- wait till your kids like in middle school and you meet each other. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't think it's like, I even tell Susie, like our child is not going to touch our floor. Like we've been trying to have a baby for six fucking years. So when this child comes, like this child is going to be fucking above everyone. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, but one of the main things is maybe just like not doing what was done to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that goes for uh, like, you know, growing up with, you know, like being yelled at or, you know, instead of talk, like now I see it though, because now I think about it. And when I talk to my therapist, it's like, I always got yelled at, you know what I'm saying? Like, or I always got, if you're Hispanic, like pendeja and stuff like that, like those type of words, like they're not cool. You know what I'm saying? Like now, as I'm older, like I, I hear them and I'm like, why, why would someone even call me that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's but, like kids, kids are learning. Like This is the thing about a lot. So I've always said this, you know, and it's that we have to go through like a certain amount of things and hoops to get our driver's license. No one has to do shit to be a parent. You have sex one night. (laughs) Hopefully it's good. (laughs) But or, you know, in your case, obviously, it's a little bit more. It was a little bit more than that. But, you know, there's no. uh way to prepare you. And part of that too, is just the fact that, you know, back in the day, it was literally like a village raised a child. So grandmas, tias, tios, primos, like you had everybody in the family that were there helping to raise a child. And so that's where the wisdom came from, you know, your ancestors. But I think when we are, you know, there's so much trauma in that cycle Somebody has to step in and say, like, that's not okay. So when we see people that are like cussing a two-year-old out because they are crying because they're hungry, that is the adult losing control and not the child. And so when you when when I see that happening, it actually does make me physically feel sick because it's it's very abusive behavior because you're telling a child like they can never make a mistake. I mean, imagine, and I always say this too, I know a lot of people are going to be triggered by this, but there's a lot of scientific evidence that say that when you spank children, it, it does change their neurological development and their brain chemistry. I have, I did spank my child one time 
And that was because they were holding their breath. And the doctor told me like, if, if she does, or he does that, then that kind of helped. Anyways, I felt so terrible afterwards, but I never spoke, spanked my child. And some relatives thought that was just crazy. They would say like, oh, that's what white people do. And it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm changing the narrative. And what ended up happening was I have, you know, a child who, you know, is able to express their feelings, is able to, you know, um, regulate themselves. And so when you're constantly like hitting kids when they make mistakes and children are learning, it takes 1000. It actually takes like, I think they said a hundred thousand times for something like repetition in order for it to stick in your brain. These kids are just learning like how to be in the world. And so what you're teaching them when you do that is that if you make a mistake, then, you know, someone is going to hurt you. Imagine if you're learning a new job. Okay. So you're learning something at work and your boss is like cabrona and like slaps you in the face. Like, how would you feel? Like, no, dude, I fucking suck. Like, I quit. I'll fucking punch you back, bro. (laughs) But that's what I'm saying. Like, how are we expecting kids who are literally are on this earth for two, three years to know what to do? Same with like when people tell kids don't cry. It's like when you're trying to, you know, parent a child, you know, you can say, I see you're sad. You're acknowledging the feeling. You know, a lot of us are going to therapy because our parents raised us the same fucking way. And now we don't know what to do with our goddamn feelings. Let's change the narrative, right? Uh, Like, you know, as mothers, we'll talk about dads in June when it's Father's Day. So we'll, (laughs) we'll burn you guys then. But, you know, and as far as mothering is concerned, you know, like we have to change this narrative of that, you know, of how we parent but also like how we are as moms, like too many of us are taking on too much for a family. Yeah. I think another thing too, that um, I'm going to make sure not to do is, Oh, I'm going to make sure to do actually is put my child first. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think in a lot of Hispanic homes, like the wives put their husbands first, you know what I'm saying? And like, I mean, I love Susie to death, but once that child comes, like that baby's coming first, you know, and I'm going to make sure of that. Like, um, I'm going to put my child first. I'm going to for sure never miss any concerts, anything like that, because, you know, I know my, my mom was always busy, like, you know, trying to clean the house and, you know, make dinner and stuff like that. But shout out to my grandma that never, ever missed any fucking concert ever. And that type of shit stays with, you You know how they they say like, you know, kids see that and they feel that. And she never missed any of my concerts. I remember um, she wanted one of her grandkids to uh, play the violin. And (laughs) fucking here comes this tomboy fucking going to the fucking band teacher and was like, just like, what do you want? The drums? The clarinet? I was like. Mm-mm, I want the violin and he was like are you sure you don't want to play the trumpet and I was like no nah, I want the violin I learned to play the violin just for my dita. girl you could have been a mariachi <laughs> could have but I mean those type of things like I remember all that shit you know what I'm saying like I mean I remember her you know having dinner ready and stuff like that but 
being there for me at school too, like that type of stuff, like, you know, stays with you. And like I said, shout out to my grandma who never missed any of our concerts, but that's another thing that I will always be, you know what I mean? Like when I have my child, like I'm always going to be there. Like once again, like not yell at them in front of their friends, which is what I had done to me, like cussing at them, spanking, you know, or like fucking a, a freaking like bump in the head. Like, are you listening? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I'm not, I was a bad kid too. You know what I'm saying? So I, I but I mean, there's other ways you now that I'm not a bad kid. But do you know what I'm saying? Like now as an adult, I'm like, there, you, there's other ways that you could have told me to stop doing something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think, but, but see, I think this is like showing you what that kind of discipline does. Like you, you know, like just you thinking you were a bad kid and it's like, but you were, you were a kid, <laughs> you were learning about the world, you know? And I think like, there has to be some kind of balance between like having a relationship, prioritizing your partner because they're a partner, right? You have to be on the same page when it comes to raising kids, but also, you know, um, prioritizing your child, um, when it comes to, to things, it's like, I understand, you know, sometimes parents have to make decisions based on, you know, like finances, or if they're in a crisis, like they're just going to kind of do what they need to do to survive. So I get it. And I think that, you know, probably, you know, I, I, I mean, I know I'll speak for my own family, but we were always like financially and economically in this like survival mode, which I think affected a lot of the ways that the parenting was done. But you know, for me and my own family, you know, I feel like I, I tended tend to struggle with this reactivity of like, you know, trying to drive my child. And I think it was like, you know, my, my message to my child, because obviously, you know, I've been to college. It was like, you're going to go to college. You're going to go to college. And I had to really like, let that go. Cause I did not <laughs> I feel like my child and I are very similar and I didn't realize that until recently, but I was like, why is this kid? I know this kid is smart as hell. Why is this kid not really applying themselves? Like I was really thinking, girl, I got like all this stuff lined up for you so that you could be like a Harvard, <laughs> a Harvard kid. And when I think I had to kind of let go of that like disappointment and be like, you know, so instead I got a theater kid, which I'm very happy that this is, I mean, and I, you know, I saw the writing on the wall many years ago, but it was like, how do I accept my child for who they are and not put these expectations on them? Like, I want you to do this and this and this, and instead go, <laughs> I literally said this last year, you're getting towards the end of high school. I want you just to be able to support yourself. Whatever you do, make sure it's something you totally love. I just want you to be able to support yourself, have your own apartment or your own house and be happy and have a, have your partner. And, you know, so that's kind of like where we landed, which was a shift from the way I was parented because the way I was parented was I had a very... um driven parent and who really draw drove like this was the expectation and um 
I think in some ways when I surpassed like my own mom's goals, I think that kind of triggered her because it was like, then it came this like constant criticism, like, oh, well, you know what? You, you should have done this. I remember she used to always, she still says this. Well, a, a degree is just a piece of paper. Like you don't like, like she never said, you know, you don't know more than me, but she said, you know, people with degrees, they don't know more than I do. And I'm like, girl, then go get your college degree if it's that freaking easy. <laughs> but I think, you know, um, sometimes as parents, we can like try to live through our kids and accomplish those things we wish we hadn't, which is why y'all need to heal so you can achieve your own dreams and let your kids be who they are. I'm already healing. I'm going to therapy. And my therapist says I'm doing a great job. <laughs> you are. You're doing a great job. And I think that we kind of have to like, you know, in that book that I gave you, like um, the uh, how to do the work, you're doing how to meet yourself, which is the workbook. But she talks so much about like reparenting yourself. Yeah. And one of the things she talks about is like doing stuff for your like inner child. And I know we talked about this before, but there's this guy on um, TikTok. He's like all over. Um, but I think on TikTok, he's really popular. And he does this thing where he'll like pay for street vendors. Like he'll say like, oh, I'll pay for tacos for two hours and they give out free tacos. Well, he was doing this thing where he was like paying for like these flower vendors or fruit vendors, whoever paying for their whole like day's worth of stuff and then taking them to Disneyland. And I swear to you, I like was almost crying when those videos because you saw these, like these little, like, you know, like Latino men who probably have been fucking working since they were little kids who've never been to Disneyland. There was like a little grandpa and he's like, have you ever been to Disneyland? Of course, none of them had, but he was taking him there to have this experience. And I'm like, how amazing is that? And how healing to your inner child that you're having this experience that you may not have had. And so anyhow, I'm very passionate. I seen it. I seen it too. I almost cried too, but I didn't cry. And sorry okay. for the, the It's sorry. okay if you do cry. Sorry for the yawning guys. I had a pretty uh, shitty work day yesterday, so I'm kind of tired. Yeah. So anyhow, it was, it's so, they're so nice. I'm going to actually, um, when we, when we post in our Instagram about this episode, I'm going to tag that person because I feel like what he's doing. You want him to take you to Disneyland. I do. <laughs> I do. I'm like, please take me too. heal my inner child. <laughs> Just kidding. I freaking Disneyland is the most traumatic experience as a parent. That's another episode for another day. Um, but, but it's like, you know, what are the things that we do for ourselves to have those experiences as children that we never had? And so, you know, what are some things you, you think you're doing to heal, heal your inner child? I think going to therapy, uh, and actually talking about what I've been through, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, when I was talking to my therapist the other day, and I think I mentioned this the other day on one of the podcasts that we had, um, He's like, you've been through a lot. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, you've been through a lot through uh, from addiction to being abused, you know, by a family member. And, you know, for a long time, thinking that it was your fault when it really wasn't, you know. Um, 
to uh you know having not that great of a relationship with my immediate family you know like he's like you've been through a lot he's like and I think that every day before we finish our session he's like I'm just proud of you you know he's like I'm proud of the person that you're becoming and the person that you know it's like you're getting stronger and stronger you know what I mean he's like um and I feel like talking to people about what I've been through has helped me a lot you know what I mean um like it was it used to be really hard for me to talk about how my dad's brother you know abused me you know like I used to cry all the time when I would talk about it and now like I can talk to anybody about it you know and and it's because I've learned you know what I mean and putting the word out there and hearing so many people like even some of my friends go through what I went through you know it's, it's crazy you know so I think going to therapy has helped a lot and then just talking about everything that I've been through yeah I mean I feel like you have grown so much emotionally and so when you do become a parent your child is just gonna have that opportunity to experience you as you are. I mean, I feel like you've always had like this very special like light about you, but I feel like now it comes with this strength that, you know, and <laughs> I know a lot of people are probably like, you know, feel like that strength, that uh, your ability to to set boundaries, your ability to talk about some of the stuff that you've found challenging in your life, like you know, um, I think that that it's hard because there's always people who will try to blame an outside source. Like they'll be like, oh, your therapist is giving you ideas or <laughs> or Lydia, <laughs> um, which I am. But I mean, I think for me, it's more about like, you know, just providing you with the different information so that you can see what's ap applicable to your life. And I think that's what we're trying to do with this podcast is share the experiences we've had, the work that we've done, the work that we're continually doing and some of the other stuff. Cause I feel like we, we want people to get to a place in their life where they're actually enjoying it. Like, I'll tell you, I think it was on Saturday. I woke up in the morning and I was just sitting there. I mean, I was like doing kind of like, you know, my little Saturday chores um, and I just remember like feeling like, you know, I feel like I'm happy, like really can say like, I'm happy without having to like go do something or just sitting here in this moment. Like I feel like joy and that's not something that I've always felt. And I just feel like being like living my life open, honest, surrounding myself with people that, I can be authentic with that. I don't have to try to get them to like me. I don't have to do stuff so that they'll approve of me. It's like, look at, this is who I am. Um, you know, this is, this is how things are with us. And, um, it just feels good. And I just hope that people listen to this and they can find that place in their life. And, you know, I think it can be painful to heal because you, sometimes you realize like, you know, the people that I thought would be here for this are not here for this. And that's sad. Sometimes we have to kind of like learn how to move through that grieving process of, of that. Like those people may not have the same significance um, because they have stuff to, to work on. But I also think when 
one door closes, another one opens. And I, I truly believe that. Like, I feel like since this has all happened, there's been some people who's, who've entered our, both of our lives, actually. And it's like, wow, these people just have that vibe. If you ain't with the vibe, you ain't with the trap. Yeah, that's what me and Susie were talking about the other night, too. We were everything is going so good for us right now. You know what I'm saying? It's like like we it's like you're too blessed to feel stressed. You know what I'm saying? Like right now, like I'm not stressing about shit. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm too worried about trying to get this, uh, you know, IVF journey going, like, you know, trying to hopefully get blessed with the baby soon. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, things aren't the way I would want them to be with my immediate family, you know, because I, I sit back and I'm, I'm not like a bad, like, I know I, I had you know, I did some fucked up shit like in the past, you know what I'm saying? But I feel like I've overcame all that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like I've become so like such a better person. And even when I was doing bad, I don't feel like I was a bad person either. You know what I'm saying? So it's like thinking about it, it's just, it sucks. Like you said, you know, that your, your life is moving in the right direction and it sucks that you're leaving people behind you know what I mean or that you're not sharing what you're sharing like all the good news all the good things you know what I'm saying um with those people that you love but it, that's just the way shit goes you know what I'm saying like and I'm so happy that I now I feel like I don't I don't need to prove anything to anyone you know what I'm saying like I don't like you said like I don't need to worry about making someone happy you know what I'm saying like for a long time like I would go to my my parents house you know and I would be scared to you know like is my dad gonna be mad at me today or what type of mood is my dad gonna be in and I don't have to worry anymore you know what I'm saying like if he's mad at me for whatever reason or he t doesn't talk to me then that's on him you know in my heart I I I know that I love him and and that's that's all that matters to me now you know what I'm saying but back then I remember I used to like be so scared, you know what I mean? And I used to worry, like, oh, fuck, like, is he going to be in, in a bad mood with Susie? You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's like, I don't have to worry about that shit anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I do happen to see him or run into him, you know what I'm saying? It's if he says hi, he says hi. And if he doesn't, then, oh, well, you know what I'm saying? Like, it is what it is. He's calling you right now. No, he's not. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um. But, you know, I think the challenging part is, um, yeah, it's hard because when we have parents that have no tea, no shade, no lemonade, but when we have parents that have not emotionally had the luxury of maturing in a way that they can meet our emotional needs, then I feel like it's hard because we're constantly looking for some kind of like reaction or response that makes us feel safe and secure. And when we don't get it, it's like, we kind of like, we talked about this earlier, you know, um, I, so Mother's Day weekend, I graduated with my master's degree. And it was very challenging because I was with my mom for a full weekend and I do not spend that much time with her, unfortunately. And part of it is just like, I'm so easily triggered that I just am like, I, I, I know myself, I know myself. And, you know, I, I always kind of feel frustrated because I'm like, 
you know, it's pretty obvious to me that this is an area that I have to work on. And I just, I'm always like, but I feel like I've been working on this for so long, like therapy and therapy and therapy, and then doing other stuff that I, you know, on the side. And it's like, okay, I'm doing this. So why am I still getting so triggered? And I had a talk, you know, with Frank and I just, and it's funny because even my own child commented and said, like, I understand why mom reacts the, reacts the way she does. Um, and, you know, part of it is that I really set really, like, I have my boundaries. I set really good boundaries. You know, I just say, like, this is what I'm, you know, basically this weekend was mine. And for all y'all that don't know, when I graduated with my bachelor's degree, my parents, the week before I was supposed to graduate, decided to tell me that they were getting divorced and it fucked up my whole graduation. Like, I don't even remember it. I I think I was, I still, I don't even think I have any pictures. I, I, it was so awful. So I was like, look, this is for me. I'm good. This is for, I'm going to do this big. Like this is, and the whole weekend it was like, well, I want to go here and I want to do this. And I was like, this is not your fucking weekend. lady. It's just not. And I was just like, so triggered. Like every little thing was getting on my nerves. And I finally, we went out to breakfast, but we were sitting in separate tables. Cause it was like, anyways, whatever. And I just started crying and Frank's like, what's the matter? And I'm like, I just want something for myself. And when you have a parent who is still so like immature, where they just think about their own needs, it's, I, I started to think like, I don't think I'll ever be in a place where it's like, even the stuff that is nice I I'm suspicious. Like, is this really for you to feel okay with how you've treated me in the past? Um, is this like for you to get like the reassurance that I love you because you're doing something nice and which sounds really weird, but it's totally like normal when you have these kind of like relationship dynamics. And um, so it feels hard when you're have gone through these things with your parents and you're healing from it and they're like, bam, I'm going to hit you with this again. You know? So when I think about things like, you know, how you're just like, I, you know, I'm not going to let him bother me that way anymore. When parents continue to do the things that you have pointed out to them that like, you're like, I don't like this, please don't do this. Then that's when you have to start like spending less time with them um, and protect your mental health and protect yourself. Cause otherwise it's, it, it doesn't feel good. Like, why are you going to spend time with people that aren't respecting you? Yeah. I don't even think I've, I mean, I think I've told, I think at one time I told my dad how, um, how he made me feel. And he just kind of brushed me off and was like telling me that I was tripping, you know what I'm saying? Um, which is okay. As long as I told him how he made me feel, you know, as far as my, my mom goes, like I've told her a lot of times, you know, like uh, I've always felt like I've been the the black sheep, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's okay. You know what I mean? Like, that's fine. Like before I used to cry to Susie all the time, like, why can't my parents love me the way they love my other siblings? You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of times when I would talk about it, like people were like, do you think it's because you're gay, like because you're lesbian, you know, or like because you're different? And I mean, 
if that was the case, then that sucks. You know what I'm saying? But I, there's been plenty of times where I used to tell my mom, like, cause she would always tell me like, how come you don't come around? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, cause I don't like to feel like the outcast. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're sitting in a room and people are talking about something that they did, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's like, I wasn't invited without you. Yeah. Like, you know, before it used to hurt me and now I'm okay with it. Like I am 100% okay with it. Like now I see on social media that they're all hanging out and it makes me happy. Like it makes me happy to see that they're happy. You know what I'm saying? Like it makes me happy to see that they're hanging out and they're actually doing things as a family. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, before it used to hurt me and now it's like, I'm happy for them. You know what I'm saying? Because I just pray for the day that I have my child and my little family will be doing going out and doing things as well. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, like, I mean, I've told my mom, like my mom before and she just tells me, Oh no, you're crazy. You're crazy. It's not even like that. You know what I'm saying? But it's like when somebody tells you more than once that you feel a certain way, like you would think that you would be like, oh, okay, well maybe there is a problem. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. Well, a healthy response would be like, you know, I didn't realize my actions were making you feel that way. And what can I do to reassure you? But I think, I think what happens is people just don't know how to deal with negative emotions a lot of times because they're just like, oh, no, that's not happening. And it, they go to this very defensive place where it's like, I'm going to put it back on the other person. So that way I don't have to take accountability for that. My actions have caused harm to somebody. And, you know, which is very unfortunate because I think you you feel the way you feel you are perceiving. I mean, <laughs> you know, if if people are getting together and not including you and then wondering why you're not coming around, you know, I think people have to start to under, start to kind of like say, OK, well, well, what is really going on here? Because it uh, you know who I mean, I'm not going to speak for anybody because I really don't know, like everything going on. Um, but you know, I'm from, from an experience that I've, I have had like with my, with Frank's family is that, you know, those things were intentional. Um, and we, they have said that to other people that they intentionally, you know, did not want us there, which is fine. I think that, you know, what I, what I have said to him is that when people, are not ready for the truth of how you how they have hurt you. They don't want to be around you. It's nothing like it's not like you as a person, yeah. right? You you can't internalize that. I am not going to let you do that, okay? But you can't say like, oh, it's me. There's something about me. No, it's not you, okay? It's not fucking you, lady. <laughs> it's just that people, I think, you know, when they hear that you're 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 speaking your truth. And all of the stuff that has happened, people tend to internalize that for themselves and they're not ready to like deal with you, your truth. Like if you were to go to your mom's house and say, I want to talk about what happened to me with, when I was little, that is fucking terrifying for a parent who's not, who's, who have not, who's not addressed that for how many years, almost you know, tw- over 20 something years, like that is such a terrifying 
even thought or feeling that you could actually confront them about some of the things that you talk about on this podcast. Even you talking about this stuff on a podcast is like probably terrifying for all of them because they, they're going to think, well, everyone is going to hear this and then they're going to really know the truth about our family and it's not good. And you know, that's something that I was taught. We were talking about last time too, like, and I told Susie, like, when, whenever we're done with the podcast, like, she'll ask me, like, oh, how was it? You know, you know, uh, how do you feel? And I constantly tell her, like, and I say it on here, too, all the time. Like, I'm telling my story. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're talking about shit that I went through, things that I've gone through. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying to throw shade at anyone. You know, like, I had a friend who messaged me the other day asking me about my mom. Like, you know, like, oh, my God, like, you know, I... I used to hang out with you and I used to see that you and your mom had a like a good relationship. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, we, we did have a good relationship. You know what I'm saying? Like I've always had a good relationship with my mom. You know what I mean? It's just, there's certain things that I don't accept anymore. You know what I'm saying? That I'm not going to sit here and take anymore. You know what I mean? And I don't have any hate towards my mom. Like I love my mom. I love my dad. I always say that I love my siblings. Um, I wish some of them can say the same about me. You know what I'm saying? Like the relationship that, you know, I have with my siblings, like it, some of the siblings, it really sucks. You know what I mean? And that's just a part of life, you know? And I'm not shading anyone. Like I'm doing this for myself. You know what I'm saying? And if people want to take it a different way, you know, and if my family's watching this, like I'm not shading any of you, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not shading any of you. And if you are taking it a certain way, because I have other family members too who I have heard have been talking shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? Like, why are you listening? Like, if why are you listening to go back and talk shit? You know, but I don't see you following. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't see you following. I don't see you commenting. I don't see you liking. Like, so you're At just least subscribe, please. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're gonna be coming on here and hearing what I have to say, just to go back and, you know, be a chismoso, like my boy, at least follow us. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not shading anyone. Like I've always said it. I love my family. I will always love my family. I just don't have the relationship that they all have with one another. You know what I'm saying? And that's okay. You know what I'm saying? Like now it's okay. You know what I'm saying? Back then, like I, I always talk about, it. like I always say it back then it hurt. Like I would cry a lot. Like I would, you know, sit there and, and, and ask myself like, what the fuck did you do? Like, like, you know what I'm saying? And now it's like, dude, I'm happy. Like, I'm happy to see you guys having a good time. I'm happy that you guys all get along. Like, that's cool. I don't belong there, though. You know what I'm saying? And I'm okay with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and everybody always tells me, like, I think you were born to be a Fabian. And I was like, no, I was born to marry a Fabian because I don't want to be a Fabian. Like, I don't want to be her sister. <laughs> no tea, no I'm like, I ain't trying to be her sister. I'm trying to marry and bone this chick. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying. But yeah, like, everybody always tells me, like, you're like, you know, you, you can tell that you're the different one from all of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and that's okay. You know what I mean? But just to get that out there, I'm not here to shade any of my immediate family. Like, I'm just here to talk about what I've felt growing up, you know, what I'm doing to heal myself and to, to try to get away from all that bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, you know, and what, you know, we talked about um, drama free from Nidra Tawab and she talks about like this protect, like protecting like these dysfunctional family dynamics. So what happens is like the one person who is speaking out, 
they're like, oh, that person must be crazy. Like this person must be, you know, doing X, Y, Z. And I think that, um, you know, when you're the truth, truth teller in the family and you're speaking on your experience in the family, then people tend to get very like, it's, it's that person versus the family. So they rally together right and then they go after that person and so which you know I think the loyalty in some respects can be a good quality but it can also work against the health of the family and you know I mean I know that when I've challenged my mom you know my sisters will say like you're so mean you're always angry at her blah 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 and it's like because she's she's not respecting my boundaries because she's not listening to me because, you know, I just it's like I can't handle, you know, the constant criticism and, you know, I'm over here living my best life and I'm not going to worry about that anymore anymore. And I think, you know, you and Frank are in very similar situations where he has confronted that in his own family saying like, this behavior is hurtful to me. I don't like it. And it's like gaslighting 101. Like, oh, that's not what that meant. We, you know, when so-and-so said that, that's, oh no, they never said that. Or, oh no, they never did that. And it's like, when you're not acknowledging someone's experiences, you're basically telling them like their needs don't exist. Like they're, you know, they're when you you're almost calling someone a, a liar. And, you know, it is it is hard. Like I'm gonna say as a mom, my child has said, You made me feel this way and that way. And I've heard the words come out of my mouth, like, no, I didn't, you're just being dramatic. And when I went back to we we did this like series with Kaiser where it was like the teen it was like middle school was like our our most challenging time like I will never forget like I was literally like I am ready to just like go move to another state (laughs) because I just could not I it just so much was coming up for me and so you know part of it was that you know it was during the pandemic there's my my child was having some, you know, depression and anxiety. And I felt so out of control and powerless in helping him because I I just didn't know what to do. You know, like when kids are really small, you feel like, well, if they're sad, they just need this or that. But when they're teenagers, it's totally different. Like there's a lot of shit going on for them. And I think that I felt so like helpless And instead of me saying like, I need help, I'm helpless. I was just like, this isn't happening. And once we went through that, you know, now I'm like, I understand that you're, um, you know, you're anxious and I wish someone would have listened to me. Cause like, I remember being a teenager. I remember I was like 13 and I was so depressed. Like I was like, what would happen if I killed myself? And I remember like, telling my mom something and she was like you're just being dramatic which is what a lot of fucking Mexican parents say you're like I'm depressed I'm anxious and they're like you're just being dramatic what do you have to be anxious about you know and but the truth is is like May is mental health awareness (laughs) it's like we all need to get our mental health right because when you have kids 
like you may not always have the luxury to be like i'm having a mental health crisis you have to like recognize even for your own children like when do we need to get help and there's no shame in that there's no shame in like having your kids you know if they need to take medication cuz some families there's some there's some familial stuff that is occurring for them and you know they might need some intervention therapy for some kids, like they just need that extra help from a professional to help them with their emotions. And um, I just said, I just don't want my child feeling like I did during those years. Like I felt very alone. Like <laughs> this fucking napkin is so loud. <laughs> you were supposed to buy Kleenex, man. Um, but just like felt like shit and I couldn't talk to anybody. I didn't want to talk to my friends. Cause it was like, I don't want my friends to know I'm depressed. Like, you know, we didn't talk about that kind of stuff in, back in the nineties, you know, but I think, you know, it's like now that this is out there now that you're like, it's like, you know, that's an option for you and your child to be able to say like, are you struggling? I feel like this is out of my, this is out of my purview. Let's talk to a therapist. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, <laughs> go on girl. Two going on with them, huh? <laughs> but you know, so it's like, that's one of the things about like just getting the knowledge you know, it's like, we all have stuff to work on. And, you know, some of us like have some deep, deep trauma that needs, we need to work on. But what I say is like, just keep doing the work, man, because it does change your life. Like, honestly, I could, I was so anxious for like a lot of my 20s. And I honestly think that, you know, life could have been so much better had I gotten more consistent help had I really worked on some of this. I mean, some of the science is very fairly new. So, I mean, they didn't know what the fuck was going on back in those days, but you know, but the, but the thing is, is like, now we know, you know, now, you know, what it, what it, what's out there and what you can do for your child. Like, you know, when your child and talk about feelings, like, you know, cause a lot of times we disregard kids feelings and just say like, oh, well, you're just being this way or that way. And it's like, we can't do that anymore, man. Because a lot of us are fucked up because that's we need to stop, right? We need to stop this, this narrative. One of my coworkers was telling me um, the other day that his son came to him and told him that he was depressed or something like that, you know, and that he needed to see a therapist. So he made an appointment, made made an appointment with the you know the therapist and i think they had asked him um who was his best friend was it his mom or his dad right and the kid said no one he said that because he doesn't see them because they're always busy working and he's like that shit hurt me hard you know he's like because you give yourself to your job like like long hours, like, you know what I'm saying? You're there every day. You're working when you get home and it's like, you're putting your kid to the side. And he's like, the best advice I can give you when you have a child is fuck work, put your kids first as soon as you get home. 
because you know what? If something were to happen to you, your job will replace you within 24 hours. You know what I'm saying? And that is the truth. And he's like, after I heard my son say that to the therapist, he said every day when I would go home, I would put my phone in a basket and have my wife put her phone in the basket. And that was it. My son and was my number one priority all the time. You know what I mean? And he's like growing up in a Hispanic family when, when, you know, you ask for help, it's like, ay, calmate, like, estás bien, like, you know, not, not pasa aquí, you know, like, or go to sleep, take a nap, or go out with your friends, go outside and play, and you'll be fine, you know what I'm saying? He's like, so when my son asked me for help, he's like, I didn't, I didn't know what to do, you know, like, I was like, well, then he told him I need a therapist, and that for him was an eye, like, eye opener, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just crazy, you know, but that's, I'm happy that I know what I know now. You know what I'm saying? And like, I even tell Susie, like all this whole therapy, this therapy thing, like, cause you know, I talked to her and stuff, but I talking to him, which he is freaking awesome. Um, He's like, he's super chill. And I come out of there, like, like feeling like so much weight off my chest. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's he's so nice, man. That man, I swear, I love him. Like he literally walks. He's me your writer guy. Yeah. He's gonna show up somewhere with a bat and beat some people down. <laughs> he literally walks into my car, and I think I said that on the last podcast. Yeah, but he's super nice, man. You know what I'm saying? And um, I'm happy that I got a therapist that I feel comfortable talking to. You know what I'm saying? Because there's some people that you you meet for the first time, and they kind of look at you like, uh, you know what I'm saying? And he's super chill, and it helps that he's you know, he knows the whole Hispanic culture as well. You know what I'm saying? Like he's Filipino and he's like, I feel like Filipinos and Hispanic families have a lot in common. You know, he's like, so when you talk about your dad, I see my dad, you know, he's like, when you talk about your mom, I see my mom. He's like, when you talk about your siblings, he's like, that's different. He's like, I, I've always been close to my siblings, you know, but he's super chill. And I think that everybody should see a therapist you know what i'm saying like doesn't matter what type of trauma you've been through like therapy really really helps you like it makes me feel so much better when i get out of there yeah and i and you know one of the things is like we store trauma in our bodies when we release the trauma it does help our our bodies so i feel like in some ways not only is this helping you mentally but it's going to help you physically um, for when you carry that that baby um, in in that you've released a lot of that trauma that you've experienced and processed it. And um, it's almost like, you know, doing Olympia <laughs> in a way. I miss our Olympia lady, dude. She fucking moves. So for all of you guys that hit me up and asked me about her phone number, she's gone. She moved far, far away. <laughs> she bounced. She's like, I'm out of here. I helped as many people as I could in Orange County, California. I cannot help anymore. She, she made all that money from us and she was able to buy herself a damn house. <laughs> <laughs> she did. Good for you, Doña Josefina. God bless you. You do good work. Um, Yeah. So, you know, I, I just, I feel like that this has been such um, like just this incredible journey for you. Like, I mean, even, you know, I, I just always remember when you got married, which I know you eloped. And let me tell you something, as both of us have eloped, it's not ever received very well. 
all my families, especially Mexican families. But, um, but I remember like that first weekend and, you know, you just like totally breaking down because of just some things that have had come up regarding your relationship with your family. And, you know, that was like, just really hard to see, but now I see how you are and you're like standing in your own strength. And I think that that's like so amazing to see, you know, that you are like creating your own family and you're creating new dynamics and you're creating new behaviors that are healthy. And so I think sometimes that's what we have to do. It's, you know, I think it's unfortunate because, you know, there's all this propaganda (laughs) about like biological families. And if you don't have that connection, then there's something wrong with you. But I think when you're able to create, you know, if you have a great relationship with, with your biological family, I think that's wonderful. It's great. I think if you figured out a way to be with your biological family where you're still feeling like your mental health is intact, then that that is amazing and great. And I hope that we can get to a place like that eventually, but we still have a, a family of chosen folks in our lives that support us. And, you know, obviously we're part of that for each other, which I'm very grateful for you guys. And um looking forward to the day that you do have a baby because I'm going <laughs> to... I'm already going to buy like a car seat as soon as you tell me. Um, But yeah, but you know, I, but that, but this is important work that we're doing because we are changing the narrative and, you know, hopefully, you know, our, our kids will, will then continue those healthy behaviors. So (sighs) any last words? Um, No, just uh, I'll love you all. And we thank you guys for listening. And uh, if you haven't subscribed, please do it. Uh, leave comments, uh, like, what else is it? Follow us on Instagram, TikTok. And that's about it. That's all I got. And YouTube, please, please. I mean, uh, anywhere podcasts are, are, um, I was going to say sold, but they're not sold, but you know, anywhere where podcasts are, we are, are there, um, Spotify, Amazon music, Apple, um, so thank you so much. And thank you for everyone to, who continues to ride with us on this journey. Um, we do again, apologize for the technical difficulties and hopefully we got it all figured out now, but, um, join us again. We'll be coming back with you and it'll be pride month. So we are going to talk about pride, talk about coming out um come not me i didn't come out but I mean, you're coming out yeah sorry. it's interesting i mean i i think everybody knew though you know what i'm saying like but it'll still be fun and then uh we'll talk about you know what you know family members that you have in your family who are okay with you being gay but in reality they're not you know what i'm saying like and we'll talk about this we may have some some special some special guests we'll have we'll talk about gay stuff you know what i'm saying (laughs) i will be representing as an ally but uh definitely and an ally parent uh to an lgbtqia plus child everybody is a little gay in their life i don't care what anybody says every single person is a little gay you cannot lie and say no well, I've never kissed a girl, but I will say I do like RuPaul's Drag Race and many of my life lessons have come from there. <laughs> it should be fun. 
anyhow we have a fucking big ass flag up here so if you're if you're not okay with gay people you might not want to watch the next episode actually if you're not okay with the next episode then please likely do not tune in ever again because we are not about that life anyhow (laughs) it's almost gay well do it as gay yeah you'll you'll see you an ally okay okay um but anyhow so tune in next time thank you so much for um you know listening watching subscribing all the good things and we will see you soon so peace